We are recording. Good evening. We got a treat for you. Welcome to Black Man Runs, the healthy brotherhood experience. I am your host, J.T. Hill, out of the ATL, and my co-host, my brother, Lucire Boyd, who's also captain, vice captain for the Detroit Black Man Run chapter. Detroit. Detroit in the house. What up, though? <laughs> Good things. <laughs> and our guest tonight, we are very excited and honored to have. You have seen this brother's face. You've seen his posts on social media all over. Ade Olude, <laughs> vegan marathon. Welcome to the podcast, Ade. Ah uh, well, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm really honored. I don't even know what to say. I'm just really excited. That's awesome, man. So, <laughs> really excited. Well, we both be coming at you with some questions, so uh, nothing you can't answer. Obviously, again, okay. <laughs> just a conversation, right, Lucia? Yes, sir. Just a yeah. normal conversation. Normal. So, so who is Ade Olude? Well. I was born and raised in England, you know, and my people are from Nigeria, West Africa. So the first time I actually went to Africa, I was like eight years old. Like I didn't even know I was black. So that, <laughs> that was a wow. I was raised with my nannies. I didn't know I was black. So the first time I really, really landed in Nigeria, I was surprised to see a lot of black people. So my intention was, like, who are these, all these monkeys? And my grandma was telling me, no, you're the monkeys. I was disappointed for years. <laughs> 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 so as time progresses, she tell me so many stories that really affected me. Because she's the first person that ever told me that I have relatives in the United States. So I said, how? She started talking about slavery. And I'm looking at her thinking, no, that cannot be true. So when I went back to England, I saw Jamaicans. I started to kind of glimpse of it. But when I moved to the United States, it just prompted me into start reading. And that's how I started running because I was mad. I actually came here to play professional soccer too. Okay. Yes, when I was in England, I played professional soccer for 10 years. I, I was a young athlete. Uh, I always say this, they can Put, give you all the money in the world. If your mind is not stable, you can never do anything with it. Wow. So for me, I was given a platform. Like literally, all I have to do is just do certain things and make twenty, thirty thousand dollars a week. But if your mind is not right, they can give you anything. You just won't utilize it. Wow. You are just going to, you know. So and that's what I went. You know, is anger, depression, the whole stereotype thing, cultural shock. You know, and that's why I was telling Jason, I said, look, it's so funny because when people say, oh, he African, I'm saying then I'm thinking, mother biscuit, I ain't been an African in over 20 years. The only thing I know how to be is a brother from Georgia. And people are looking at me like, really? I said, yeah, really, because I don't have African friends. And that is because when I view my opinion about colonialism, we fight. I mean, we fight so much. So I just got tired of it. When I view my opinion about religion, we fight. So running was my let out. Every day when I go around people that speak the same language as me, all we do is fight. So running, I wasn't running, but I was just running because I was just mad. So running, that's how I started. That's how I started running. 
that's how I end up running ultra marathons too. And that is because I was being told that somebody that looked like me can never run a hundred miles. And I make sure I'm the first, one of the first West Africans on record to ever do it. And nice. I've been saying, so where's the, well, yes, I make sure of that. But it's just that, you know, running means different things to a lot of people, but to me, it's like a God. You know, I'm not run. I can run, I can run to my body drop down. I was telling the other day, I don't know, there's a picture that of, of me in Philadelphia. That day, my goal was to run for 24 hours straight. But after like 23 and a half, my body crashed. I had to sleep for like 20 minutes to continue. I was like, biscuit. I just wanted to run for 24 hours straight. And so during those runs, I read a lot of books. I studied the Bible, the Torah, the Baba Gita. Man, I read every slave book you could ever put your hands on. I was, man, like a mother biscuit. Because if my grandmother cannot speak English and she tell me these stories, I mean, sometimes I don't even want to speak to Africans because I'm like, you have to be really, really insane to look at people here and say, you're not one. And the hard part is over here too, people are telling me, no, you're African. And I'm like, man, I get it. I get that stereotype from both sides. Mm -hmm. That he African, you know, and I'm like, so, and when you reach some, and that's why I cannot even get without religion anymore, because I'm just, I'm just going to be my own religious person. So when I'm running the best days of my life, I always tell this, I always tell people this, I'm looking at the camera. If I die at this moment, I have lived the best days of my freaking life. I did what I love. The other day, the first time I realized I've run 55,000 miles, I was just looking at my app and I saw 55,000. I thought I was confused. Yeah, I was confused and I began to look at it and I make sure I, I just was confused because the whole intention is for me to inspire somebody that looked like me, that look, you can get up and run. It wasn't about the time. I don't even run races anymore. Like I, at 26 miles, I can do that with my eyes closed. My yeah. eyes would be closed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's just like, because uh, I really... I bring science into it. I study that running, the whole concept of it. I always tell people, if you've never run a marathon before, I will remind you in seven months. And I'll use the word remind because the word coach brings up an ego. Because when I say remind, it's something that you already that's already in you. And that's why I've been like, man, maybe I need to write a book about running. But the, another problem is also is my looks. People don't understand it. They bring... I was living in a shelter. I went, you know, after my divorce, uh, my son's mom reported me. I ended up in the shelter. That was the best place that I've ever lived in. It really changed my whole thinking because when I went in there and I met brothers, man, and I'm talking about really smart brothers, but for some reason, you know, drugs, alcohol. And at the shelter, I always questioned that, why is it that in this shelter, it was always a white person trying to help us when he doesn't know our struggle. And of course, when I said that, now they're calling me an African. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, how can a white person help a black person when he doesn't understand the pain? He doesn't live that lifestyle. You cannot, it's just impossible logically because you don't have a story to tell. So when I was in the shelter, I actually run 109 miles to bring awareness to homelessness in 24 hours. And the only person 
that put it on their on their social media is Black Men Run. So how did you hmm? come into the Black Men Run Brotherhood? How did you get connected to this brotherhood? The first time I got connected to the Black Men Brotherhood, I was actually uh I had just run that hundred miles and they used to see me post a lot. See, at the beginning, my philosophy didn't make sense. What I was trying to accomplish or trying to be, it doesn't make sense at the beginning. And I just know eventually time will tell. At the beginning, my philosophy didn't make sense, the ideology of it, because I've always had, I've always dreamed about stuff like this, because when I used to run, go and run to different cities and run marathons in my 30s, every time I see the Kenyans, it's the Kenyans, then it's me. I'm like, what? And the Kenyans used to embrace it because I'm West African. West Africans don't do that. Run 26 miles? No. Like, if I... If anyone is to qualify right now and I get a good qualifying time, I will run for Nigeria in the Olympics. And West Africans just don't do that. So when the Kenyans see me, they used to embrace me. They talk to me like, man, he's a hero. Because, you know, it's the thing that most West African does. So there's a culture to running that a lot of people do not understand. So the West African used to look at me like, wow. But our people from here or some of the white people were looking at me like, why is he embracing him? Because the, the, the Kenyans will come and bow and we they do things together. But because of that stereotype that's been put in us from the, our American culture here, people don't respect a brown person when he does something like that. And I kept on saying this because we don't have to wait for politicians to say this. I see the differences a lot. Uh, uh, one thing I love about uh, Black men run is the fact that, yeah, we don't pretend to not stick to our own. Uh, all those pretend, and most of the time, like when it comes to running, I think it's just a gift. Because I don't even know how I do it anymore. There was a time I got <laughs> hit by a car. I was just telling you that. I was going through a divorce. I found myself on top of the hood of the car, and I promised myself to run and walk again. And during that time, because I'm making this story show, during that time, about back in 2021, I heard a voice that said, run a marathon every day. So I did, I ran 200 marathons from April, 2021 to April, 2022. Yes, <laughs> I posted it every day on, on uh, Black Man Run. I would do it four, seven, five times a week, a day. And oh, I ran 200 marathons. And after that 200 marathons, by the time I get to Marathon 162, I remember I lost my father, and at that time, my hand, I could not flex it like this. After 162 marathons, I gained movement back in this hand. Wow. So what I do wow. is I get up every single day of the night, one o'clock. Uh, I've studied Buddhism for years. I just like that whole idea of yoga. So I get up every day in the middle of the night to do yoga, meditate, and read, and go for a run. That's all I've done all these years. And that's why when people want to talk about faith, I don't want to hear that biscuit because there's a discipline that comes into faith. I would say this: many are in their money, money, uh, money God. But to actually have a taste of God, you have to go through things that everybody disrespects you. My family in England will not even speak to me, and that's why I left my hair like this because I'm like I don't don't look like all this the way we're supposed to look. And I left my hair like this for a reason. I said I'm not cutting my hair. I just be me. I'm happy inside. 
Uh, I get a lot of comments from my people in Nigeria telling me I should cut my hair. The moment I tell them they need to stop bleaching their skin, they get angry. Mm. <laughs> they get Ow. angry. Yes. When I say stop bleaching your skin, they get angry. That's amazing. And, yeah, and those things, so like when you read a lot, especially our culture, uh, Black history, what's even so funny is I stayed in Nigeria, maybe like five minutes away from the point of no return. Not once was I taken to go and see that monument, but I was being bombarded with this country and the UK. Not once did I go to that museum. And for me, I've had the opportunity to think about all these things and come to find out my great grandfathers were friends with the Mandela, they were revolutionary. So for me, I've lived my life with this thing called running. It's just running and reading, running, and that's all I've done. I just decided, you know what? Let me be a bomb. I don't give a biscuit. I'm going to live a happy life. And that's what I did. So I'm sorry, you probably caught, have caught on to the, the term that he frequently likes to use. Uh, what is it again? Mother biscuit? Mother biscuit. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to steal that one, man. I like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, about that a few times, I was like, "Oh, okay, I know what I get." Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's I, what I have, I, mean. a, I have a different variation. So, <laughs> so, so, I, so I did, I'm curious to know if if you don't mind sharing how 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 did the homelessness come about? Man, after my divorce, uh, next thing I know, I couldn't walk. I spent so much money and. When you are on a deportation order, you're not allowed to do anything because now immigration has this new law, which is you have an E-Verify. Mm -hmm. So they put in, uh, you have to have a fingerprint. So once your name is in that fingerprint, if you go anywhere and work, you get into trouble. So the process that goes into becoming, you know, getting your paperwork right, it's just so huge. And I have my son here and I just never want to leave. I'll, so I said to myself, I would rather stay here and figure things out that I would never, ever leave my son. You know, and I always say, one day he's going to Google my name and he will know who daddy is. That's one of the reasons why I still kept on running too. He's going to Google my name one day and everything that they said about me, you know, because uh, that's another story. His mom, I've never been, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful young lady. And I just think, culture is just really messed up. I've never been called so many African names in my whole entire life. <laughs> you know, she's a beautiful lady, but what culture and mental depression has done to us and separation mm -hmm. is very natural for those type of things to happen. I, I think it's just that, that alone, because I always tell people, I say, look, I was born in a Western world just like you. I was born and raised in England. So, and that's how I end up uh, experiencing homelessness. Uh, that's how I first even met Black Men Run. Like I wanted them to come there and be a spokesperson. I uh, uh, I even did a little clip on TV where I raised money for, when I was raising money for homelessness. And I just think it's not fair. And I'm not saying anything against Back on My Feet. Uh, I think they're a wonderful group. I think Back on My Feet will only help you as a Black person if you're weak-minded. If you are not weak-minded, they will not help you. And I stand against that because when I went to Philadelphia to run my 100 miles, can you believe I, I was training from the shelter 
they put me on a Greyhound bus. I was on a bus for 24 hours and I had to get up the next day and go and run the 24 hour race. Cause I refused, I said, I'm gonna run this race. They did not feed me. If it wasn't for brother Michael in Philadelphia, you asked him. And when I say that, everybody kind of got angry with me. For a while, I was like, man, black man, I expect you to come and support me. And I'm just being honest. But I know that these are my brothers, things will work so far. So when Black on my feet does that, they don't even put it, nobody even know I was in the shelter in Iran. And I just, and plus when I was back on my feet, I was running 200 miles a week. But the fact that I was experiencing homelessness, you have people that will come in there that don't never even run. They want to tell me about running, tell me what to do. That's when I realized that, no, these people, you don't do that. You don't try to put people down that way. And when I said it, because most of our brothers that were running, they run three miles, five miles. So me running 200 miles a week, it feels like they have to be in control. And I and no offense to this, and I'm sorry if I offended anyone, it is very common in white Americans who always want to be in control too much. Very common. Mm-hmm. And that, I just would not stand for it. And that's why I don't run with no group. The only person that I'm close to is Black Maroon. That's why lately that I started running, I'm just like, man, thank goodness, finally. Uh, there's a run, there's a group here, I'm not gonna mention no names. When the guy said he doesn't believe in stretching, I'm like, this, this cowboy is a trip. <laughs> but that person, that person is what every runner is in Atlanta go to. Wow. I'm just not gonna mention names. That person- No, that, no stretching, huh? Yeah, he doesn't believe in stretching, you know, because I first, when I first met those running groups, they used to want to run, run and race me. I used to just outrun them. But I know, but because I came from playing professional soccer and it's a very competitive sport, mm-hmm. and I know what competition does to you, it keeps you into depression. When you are too competitive, you never wish well for the next man. So, and when I started running, it wasn't about competition for me. It wasn't about, I can't even count how many marathons I've run. I've lost count of how many marathons I've run. I've lost count for it. So it's just like how I meditate. I was even in a conflict zone because I'm like, man, why am I so happy? And I don't have all these things that people say will make me happy. Best days of my life, best days of my days when I get up in the middle of the night, and I'm reading my book. What book am I reading right now? Hold on one minute. I gotta get. Man, interesting brother. This guy, he make this he making my hundred look real bad. He he doing a lot of a lot of hundred milers, man. This is what I'm reading right now. We can't. Oh, see. we can't see that. What is that? He says the practice of the six yogas of Nora. Okay. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, and what it is, is, especially for runners, when we're not doing push-ups on the yoga mat and stretching our body, we're just creating pain for our body. Okay. And that's the reason why we have all those injuries. Mm -hmm. As a runner, you're supposed to do a push-up every day on the yoga mat. You don't have to do 100. You could do 10, stop, 10, stop, and stretch. And when when we're practicing yoga, like all that, just getting into the pose. No, that's not how it's designed. You're supposed to do your push up, then get in there and get into the pose because you have to twist the body. The body can mm-hmm. heal itself. Mm-hmm. I was sick this morning, but I knew by the end of the evening I would get rid of that bacteria. 
Yeah, all I had to do is drink a couple of water and I was good. Yeah, you look fine now. Yeah. So, and those are the things that I've been trying to share with our people because I also realized that one thing that I love about culture here is when you have money, you can say any biscuit thing you want. <laughs> you know, when you don't have, uh, when you're not in that situation, people look at you crazy. One of the greatest things that I've ever done was when I mentored a professional boxer. And we went to the Olympic trials because I was able to influence him by the mind, you know, how the mind works. But the moment somebody came and gave him money, we just went our separate ways. Because we worked together for five years. But as soon as he started doing good and went our separate ways, uh, they offered him money. That career didn't last long, something that I've built for five years. And I'm like, man, there's something about the mind that I've understood because I haven't, like, for example, you were asking me how the homelessness came about. I remember when I first experienced that, because I'm like, man, my people have money. So I began to write down, I'm a millionaire. I remember the first time I wrote down, I'm a millionaire. All I keep hearing in my head is, Negro, you what? I was so mad that you mean I cannot write down, I'm a millionaire, and let it sink. So I began to practice every single day. It took me six months to get rid of this voice. I write it down every single day. Every single day, I wrote it down. Anything that I want, I always write it down and it comes to play. I said, I'm gonna get my green card. He just came. I waited, I would write it down every day and it just came. Mm. I like every that. single day I write it down. Now I went to the immigrations, I told them, look, I'm done. I, I need to go back to England. They said, no, you don't have to go here after five years of waiting. But, and those are the things that that life of faith that I believe. So when people, when people see me running, no, for some of us is how we pray. Is uh, I've gotten rid of depression with it. Uh, I remember when I had suicidal thoughts, every time I see a truck, something would say jump. But because I have a Yoruba background that when you die, nobody comes to your funeral. I want someone to come to my funeral. That's why I come to myself. So I remember sticking with it for years. I read those, every book that I can read about it. And one day when that thing disappeared, I saw a truck and I didn't hear that, uh, that voice. Man. I went up like this and said, Biscuit, you! Because I did not hear that voice anymore. So I think that voice in our head, because of how we've been taught that, yeah, depression is this, we have to think positive all the time, it really confuses a lot of people. And therapy is good for us, but the only real therapy is movement. Because half of the time, the therapists themselves, they have their own issues. So you cannot teach what you don't know. And that's why therapy sometimes is, is, is failing because I learned through isolation. Can you imagine all these miles? I did it by myself. So I was able to think and think and think and think and think and think a lot. So it's not even running anymore. This is not running. So I was just running and reading and I realized everything that I was taught was fake. I had to really educate my own self. Everything that I've known all my life was fake. So I have to really, with running, I can't even explain the joy that I get. It, it just doesn't make sense because uh, when you, I was telling Brother James earlier, I said, my family members don't even speak to me no more because I put my story out there and I just was like, no, uh, this is me. I don't care. Your family didn't want you to put your uh, life story out there? 
No, to them is the same because you know most when you see out of ten Africans, nine has a depression issue. So we rather uh, pretend and fake it. So to actually say no, you don't have to be this way. Be honest with yourself because this universe is based on honesty um, and energy because everything is measured when you look at intelligent design. So I just live that way. When I hear the voice that tell me, just get up and run, don't worry about the job, it will come to you. And that's what I did. I get a lot of backlash, but I don't understand nothing because most of the people that are telling me this, they have their weed in their head and their liquor. So I'm looking at them, that mother biscuit, there's something wrong with you. If you cannot put this monkey down and you want to tell me what to do, so I just, I did it. And I think sometimes that whole money thing is, it has done a lot of things to us mentally because we always think happiness come from these material things. I mean, when my sister's daughter called me by my name, I was hot, but I also understand where she's coming from because to her and the rest of the families, I'm not doing anything with my life, but for me, I think I'm doing great. I accomplished my goal. I really did everything that I wanted to do. I get to do the things that I love red and red and just get up and run i'm still doing it to tomorrow every single day whenever the biscuit i want to you know now i'm like a caregiver for someone i'm like hmm, why am i here and it's even funny that i end up right next to jason i was out running one day that's how i saw jason and he goes oh you're gonna come to black man run i say yeah and that's how i believe that in this world this universe is a journey i mean I brought everything to this thing, read the Bible, read the Quran, the Torah, the Bible. I read the Bible like two or three times while I get up every day around 17 to 26 miles. And I just have to keep my opinion to myself. And before I read it, I read over 200 philosophy books. I stopped, I stopped studying Western philosophy because I don't like the reference that they use when it's a black when they're talking about a black man. Like all these Emmanuel Kant, all these great philosophers, they're a bunch of racist people. But we embrace them. Yeah, when you look at their references to, towards mm -hmm. me and you, mm -mm, you always know that they're talking about you or not. So the running is both for the brain. So it allows me with the run, like I read the Bhagavad Gita. Another thing that people don't pay attention to is when I go into the Indian store running, the way the Indians treat us, I always tell them, why don't you go back into your neighborhood? I said, look, if it wasn't for black people here, you would not be in this store right here. I said, they fought for you. If it wasn't for the civil rights movement, there would be no independence in Africa. It's funny that people don't even know that. They don't know how close the Africans are over here because what people see all the time is the separation yeah I'm looking at steve harvey when he's talking about bridging the gap i'm like man i've had that year idea for years bridging the gap is when you meet a real african a real african you better believe it he's not practicing the same religion that you're raised with and i don't think a lot of our people are ready to hear that they're not ready to hear that from the mm. day i was born i watched grandparents being set on fire just because of the traditional belief system. It's only now that, yes, it's only now that I was thinking. So just to see, to experience all those poor, poor things, uh, like everyone is always talking about Tinumbu, Tinumbu. Those are my family friends. When I Google that, I know, now I know why my grandmother never get along with that because she sold her own people. That's how she become wealthy. You can go Google it. Because my grandmother used to just never 
Oh, yeah, this is my cousin. But I used to wonder, why didn't you want to talk to her? I find out she was selling her own people. But oh. when everyone's talking, they always talk about Tinubu this, Tinubu this. No, go and Google it. It's right there. You know, and I think we've adopted that whole culture of knowing everything, you know, because this stereotype about somebody that looks like me uh, is what I'm fighting for that. You know what? Well, that's what I love about running so much because it allows me to get out of that mode. Like I've been to so many yoga studios. The reason why I don't get my, I don't want to get my yoga certificate is because most of the white people there, I've never heard them talk about overnight yoga. I practice yoga like overnight, overnight. So their consciousness, they have no clue about it because it's very easy in there in, in that neighborhood to get a yoga certificate. A black person is not going to go and spend $5,000 just to be a yoga teacher. Not many of us would do that. So, and I realized in the yoga community, they're even more racist because when they see me, the first thing they ask me is, oh, you practice yoga before? Then when they get to know me, it's all about, you speak like sad guru, you speak like this. I said, yes. I read all the same book that this guy's raised. Whether it's diet, uh, or I read all the books. I was at a spiritual church a couple of uh, years ago, and I asked the guy, do you practice what you preach? Ah, he said, no. He said, I practice it, but he just speaks it. Yes. He said, I practice it, but he speaks it. So... You don't have yoga certification, but it, it sounds like you know your your stuff when it comes to yoga. I studied off in Outlook. I got hit by a car. I healed myself. I had to practice every day for four hours. Every morning when I wake up, the first four hours of my day is me doing push up and stretching. By the time I get up, have to go and run. I already done like 500, 600 push-ups every single day. So I have an idea that I would like to propose to you. We'll talk mm -hmm. about later. Okay. Um, I think you'll be right. pretty interested in, in my idea. Okay. Um, I'd love to hear it, sir. Yeah. It, it involves yoga. Okay. In, in the local chapter. Okay. I'll do that. Maybe you have, we we've have a couple of members who are uh, one former member and a current member that are uh, certified uh, yoga gurus, as I like to call you guys. Mm -hmm. um, one of which uh, recently had to close his yoga studio, but both have done uh, uh, yoga sessions on top of Stone Mountain. Oh, okay, okay. And it was a really cool experience. First of all, just walking up the mountain, you know, that ain't no small feat. No. That's a, that's, a, that's a workout. But once getting to the top and creating this yoga experience at the top, uh -huh. um, I've been wanting to do again. Okay. And I do it, but I'm not a yoga instructor. I, okay. I'm still struggling with some of the movements, but um, I think it'd be cool to have you uh, there or somewhere else. Yeah, please. Like I said, I've been meaning because I've come to that state where I realized that what I'm doing is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. It's like now, okay, I think I need help. Uh, it's something that other people to know about. I truly feel like God, energy really blessed me. I, you know, just to be, I've experienced Black people from different walks of life. 
you know, from Africa to Ghana, Ethiopia, uh, black people. And I realized that, man, black people are the most unique person on this planet because we are grouped into different cultures, but it's just so unique. But to be able to go into every one of them and feel like home mm -hmm. is like it. You know, it's a and, wonderful feeling. Yes. So, I, and I've gotten to do that, even though I question the religion segment sometimes, but I've learned how to accept it. And because I always say to people, I say, look, if you practice this religion, why haven't you read your Bible back to back? Why haven't you read your Quran back to back? Yeah, that's the way I think it. Why haven't you read your Bible back to back? Why haven't you read your Quran back to back? I've been meaning to get to it. <laughs> I will start tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Different reasons, I'm sure. Um, but I, I get your point. I do get your point. Uh, so that's your Z. I'm telling you, like I said, this has been, oh, how do I say this? Uh, a great moment for me because running isn't just, I truly think, when you go back to evolution time, everything that man has, we have it because he was walking and jogging. All our creativity came from man thinking while it was moving. And that's how we have all our cars. You, you are in your car. All you have to do is go on the hill. The way you maneuver, your chokers over is on the car. See how a plane takes off? It will start going down and just move so slow. That thing is right there on your spine. Just exactly like that. There's another thing on this planet that didn't came from man running. It's just that we just forget about it now. We don't think it has anything to do with it. Because that's the way we thought about everything. When you look at all the spiritual books, they were walking everywhere and preaching, walking everywhere. So during that time, they were able to sense God even more. I could be wrong for this. I think you want to understand God, get out there and begin to walk. Just spiritual book. You know, because you see, sitting on a chair right this, like we always do in our culture, it brings mm -hmm. up a sense of the ego. You have to sit on the floor. There's a reason why. Sitting on the floor and rolling on the floor will kill all your ego. I learned that the hard way. Uh, I truly believe in compassion. You know, I see every brothers as my own. You know, I, I truly believe in that. You know, and that's why now, I can look at a white person and know that, okay, he's still my brother, but I do know my history. I don't put anything in my mouth, you know? So running is bigger than me. It isn't about just getting medals, you know, or anything like that. Uh, it's just how I pray, how I meditate. When I'm on my feet, I get this expression that I cannot even explain. Every emotion that I went through, I put it in a coat. That's why you see, you always see what I'm saying, this meditative jog and I would write a quote, every single emotion that I've been through in the last 10 years, I put it in a quote, whether good or bad. When you read those quotes, they have a meaning because I'm like, hmm, one day if they say write a book about it or talk about it, every one of those emotions that I go through, I put it in a quote, call it meditative jogging. So you yeah. already wrote a book. Yeah? You've, you've already written a book. I guess so. I call it meditative jogging and I just put it out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my thing is, why is it that when you and I do something like this, it takes years for you to be recognized. People put their mind to it. 
when I went to run these ultra marathons, I was going there with the intention that I'm going to run and just, we were going to run. No, half of these mother biscuits were working. But they would come out, because you know, black people don't do that. Like they would come out and say, yeah, they run this 100 miles. No, they probably, they walking. These mother biscuits are walking. They probably run a couple miles and stuff. Me, when I run those 100 miles, I run. Like when I, first, when I, there was one that I run, I felt like I was back in the 60s because uh, that whole jealousy was there. Every time we go and run these 100 mile races, a few of us, because you see, my running is not geared to uh, be on urban. The way I run, my Danima, see, most black people that you see running, I'm just going to put it straight, that you see running, who runs 100 miles, who does the ultra marathon, they geared more to white people. Their whole friendship, the way they act. But for me, I'm like, ghetto. I gave more to black people. So that brings a sense of, you know, they don't see a black, a white person around me. But I'm just being me. That doesn't mean, so, and that's what I've noticed. When you're running this country and you give more to white people and you're black, yeah, they will put you, they will give you stuff. They will, you know, nobody wants to talk about this. And that's why for me, I'm like, you know, I better I'll get to my, to my own people. It's not, I'm not being racist, but when you look at all these runners, who are like me that runs my that runs ultra marathons, you will not catch most of them with a black person. Think about that. Hmm. Are they? Yes, sir. Now this year I'm I'm doing my first 100 miler. Mm -hmm. I only I, now I only know two um blacks personally which is you and this other guy named Doug Williams that's done a hundred miles. Yes, I was thinking the other day, I don't even know, you know, any, any African-Americans or Africans or anybody personally that does hundred milers. We stop at the, at the 26.2 mark for most, most blacks that I know. You know, this conversation, because that's been my goal that I can't wait to run another one. I think it's systemically is designed that way and we accept it but I refuse. Look, whatever you need, let me know. Yes, I, I want to pick your brain. I, are you, you're also a vegan, I, I'm hearing. I am vegan. One thing about when you run those 100 mile races is you got to eat a lot of plant-based during the race because it digests very quickly. And instead of running, trying to run 10 miles in one hour, 30 minutes, Begin to practice how to run 10 miles in two hours. You see how, or even two and a half hours, you see how that is? So when you begin to practice and you learn how to slow down, because running mm -hmm. 100 miles after 15 miles is over. Right. The rest is mental. The most I've ever done is uh, 55K. I've done, uh, I went to South Africa yeah. and ran two oceans, um, Ultra Marathon, which is basically run from the Indian Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean. I want to go back there and do a race called Comrades, but for you, that would be a walk you know, in the park. That's I only wanted to do that because you see, especially having the African background and doing that, because I don't think any African has ever done this. I literally think I'm almost the only one on record that I've known who's an African that's done this. There's not many. Because that 26 miles, there was an article that came out that said, yeah, we only stop at 26 miles. And I think this 100-mile thing, anybody can do it. I always say this. if it, Look, when I saw my ex-wife give birth to my son, because I've been, every time I try, I will crash a mile 66. 
when I saw my ex-wife give birth to my son, man, I look at women differently. That's why I can never, ever get upset with that woman because I'm like, wow, if she can do this, I can run 100 miles. And I did. And I think running 100 miles is, there's just something to it. It's not competition. That's why I said two hours, your 10 miles, that should be, that should be the training. Okay. Run to 10 miles in two hours. See, like all that speeds up, no, running in two hours. And read a lot of different books, a lot of spiritual books, a lot of uh, ultra marathon books. You see, one thing that people left out, when you're running your ultra, your, your brain exercise has to come in. You got to read a lot, just as much. You got to go into your reading mode. That's just it. Because well, that, I look forward to you putting all your quotes together in the book, Brother Ade. Uh, I need help. We'll get you some help. Yes, I need help. I am just, you know. Get you some help, brother. Yeah, I, I need help. Man, you know what? Uh, boy, please let me know what you need with your hundred miles, because what you happened know. is, uh, you you uh, when I train for mine, I will run twenty miles Monday to Friday or three times a week, but every Saturday and Sunday, you have to run the hundred miles. You run fifty Saturday and fifty Sunday. I know it's not going to be easy, but trust me, you can do it. Hello? You said you said that the plant base is key for for digestion while you're doing yes, the long Yes, distance. because you don't want to eat food that you have to be rushing to the bathroom. Okay. If you're running those things and you go to eat a chicken wing, trust me, you're going to the bathroom. So you got to eat a lot of plant-based, whatever you know that's plant-based. Most ultra runners are plant-based runners. What What are you eating as far as, um, give me give an example. What, what have you eaten a day? Uh, today, because I've been sick, I've only had some bit of rice. So I probably have some salad later. I just, I'm just pale vegan. I just eat, eat a lot of food, you know, eat a lot of plants and rice. What about and... protein? What are you doing for your protein? Uh, that thing is just, uh, uh, there's nothing called protein. When I look at the amount of uh, protein that I burn on my app, I should be dead by now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The amount of calories that I've lost on my app, I was shocked. The amount of calories that I've lost, I should be dead right now. I think that thing is just made up. There's no way I should be alive with the amount of calories that I have lost on this. Uh, this thing said I have born 48,997 calories. So, you know, scientifically, it's just a lie. It's all up here. And this is from running 52,000 miles, 256.323 uh, miles. So it says I've born 48,000 calories. I'm Man. telling you, the human being, uh, but see, once you get that calorie out of the way, you're good. Our body is just designed. Just eat when you want to eat. Eat whatever you want. When you want to eat, eat. See, we have melanin in our skin, so we reflect more with the sun. So how we eat is different from our other counterparts. And people don't want to mm, say that. I, I, you got to get your book going. I've never heard nobody say that one. Yes. And people don't want to accept it. Because we have more melanin in our skin, we are very close to the sun. And that's why when we eat, it's very easy for us to gain weight. 
because we put in extra energy. Hmm. It would take a while, a Caucasian person longer, but people just don't want to do their own research. Look at it for us because we have melanin. We're very close to the sun. See, we can go around uh, 1, 1 p.m. when it's heat. We don't need no cream. So we, so because of it, we're very close to the earth, the ground. So what it does is we don't need a lot of food. So every time we eat, it's very easy for us to gain weight, just like that. Hmm. But we never want to think about it. We always wait for, and no offense, most of the people that write books on fitness and running, they are Caucasian. So they are writing this book based on their own diet. Look, I've broken every rule that they put in the running book. Every single running book. <laughs> and it's not intentional. It's because it's written by a white person. Right. I mean, people write from their perspective. So from their perspective. So yeah. every, so me saying this and I'm brown even our own people don't believe me you need that book man that book is gonna go like hotcakes man yeah I need help because you see because we cannot eat there's nothing like as, as a matter of fact black people we more of a plant based than eating meat that's why I see when we started drinking milk at the beginning, it takes us, we start trying out the, and they use the name lateral intolerance. No, that's a bunch of BS. You gotta do the research on our skin, our skin. Look at me, I'm 54, 53 years old, and I still go out there and run 18, 20 miles like it's nothing. Wow, we're and we're I the think, same, we're the same age, man. Yeah, and I'm still thinking of running many more hundred miles. I was telling the proper that day, I said one time, I said, look, your body can do what it did from 18 to 65. Ooh. Yes, we just don't know that. Study your physiology book. Hmm. That's why it's very important for us black people to begin to study things like Shinto, all those breathing exercises, yoga, and meditation. Look, there's nothing wrong with what we've been bombarded with from when we came here, but we need, in order for us to be mentally balanced, we need to learn how to breathe into our body and study all those things. Look, I live the happiest days of my life Everybody probably has more money than me, and they're so sad. Yeah. The most shoes I've had from running was the one that I just got from Black Man Run. And I will say this: I said, look, if Jesus can be quote unquote broke, he can be broke because he's white, so he's spiritual. But if he's a Negro, there's something wrong with it. Because you have a sense of God when all your material things disappear from you. Because I've had it, but when it disappeared, it is the most amazing thing. You really understand God. That, yeah, there is something in our body. Our body can heal himself. When I got hit by a car, the doctor looked at me. He said, look, you don't have health insurance right now. He said, let me tell you something. Your body can heal himself. And I took his word, and he's not lying. So I asked him, why do we take drugs? He said, because that's what everybody likes. When I got hit by a car, my first three miles took me three hours. I put it all on Facebook, how I started back up. And the reason why I keep on going, because it's very common for somebody like you and I to do something. For example, if I'm running and I see our sisters running and I start talking about stretching, a white guy will come and then we sit down and listen to him. I'm like, dude, mother biscuit, this guy is telling you he's run two marathons. I've run over 30, over 50. But you won't listen to him, but you will listen to him. I said, what the biscuit is wrong with us? That's oh, day. Listen to him. <laughs> oh, day. 
we're going to continue on after we um, end this yeah. show. I want my listening audience, I want you all out there to go as far as you can see. And when you get there, you can go a little further. You have just experienced the brotherhood. Amen to that. Thank you, Brother Ade. Man, thank you, man. Hey.